Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Big news that came up this week was that uh, there had been some accommodation made by the MRT worksite on the Cross Island line to be downsized and partially shifted uh, into the Singapore Island Country Club so that the uh, indigenous uh, Raffles banded Langer could roam the area and won't be uh, won't be bothered by that construction. We've got on the line with us now Dr. Andy Ang, research scientist and chairperson of the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group, and Sean Lum, senior lecturer at NTU Asian School of the Environment, president of the Nature Society here in Singapore. Welcome to the show to you both. Let's start with Andy. Andy, is this uh, announcement enough to make a, a real difference in the Banded Langer population? Yeah, jumping straight into the main question. <laughs> right into it. We're not messing um, around today, Andy. <laughs> um, I would say that we are all very grateful that major considerations were taken into account and that, you know, um, also being mindful that there's safety issues with regards to engineering, you know, construction and things like that, that they managed to move the worksite further away mm. from one of the key canopy connection sites and also downsizing the worksite area. Mm. So we're definitely very happy. Um, of course, you know, the most ideal situation is if the worksite can be completely moved into the golf course or even somewhere else, like for example, the car park uh, of the golf uh, course facility, because that was what we proposed. Right. Uh, but of course, it didn't happen. Nonetheless, uh, it's a pretty good news baby steps right a small it's at least a small step forward is that correct yes i mean sean just jumping in here i'm trying to be a you know glass half full with this we are talking about i know andy will jump in if i've got the numbers wrong but we are talking (laughs) around 40 to 60 raffles banded langers now in singapore uh andy and i can imagine singaporeans listening right now thinking Please, you know, they were almost extinct in the 90s anyway. We're talking about 40. I don't agree with this, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, we're talking about 40, 50, 60 Raffles banded langers versus a cross island line that will literally benefit millions of people in the long term. So, Sean, why should we care? (laughs) Um, We're talking about uh, how many large species do we have that are essentially found here and virtually nowhere else in the world. I think this, Andy's the expert on this, but I think this is really the only one. I mean, we have other so-called endemic species, but this is just in Singapore and southern, southern, the tip of the peninsula. This is globally critically endangered. Once it's gone, it, hopefully that never happens. It's gone forever. It's ours, it, our heritage, our responsibility. It's been passed to us uh, as a supreme test by mother nature really to see do we have you mentioned with football earlier to the spiritual dna connection you know do we have that 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 visceral Mm. emotional tie to our natural heritage and can we look after it i think that's the test and um hopefully we can pass this so i think we should care 
Mm, speaking with Sean Lum, senior lecturer at NTU Asian School of the Environment and the president of the Nature Society, and Andy Ang, the research scientist chairperson at the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group. Uh, Andy, this uh, this troop of uh, banded langers will now have a, a little bit more of their green corridor to to work. You know, to to be able to have uh, safely. Uh, what does the what does the presence of the the mechanical equipment in that area and the noise that's there? What impact from your research uh, does that have on these primates? Uh, not just necessarily in this particular area, but in other areas around. Um, so I think that. In terms of impact of constructions, we're talking about the presence of people, uh, loud noises over a prolonged period of time, trucks coming in and out, carrying loads, um, not just for the banded langers, but also other species of wildlife in the area, which can be quite disturbed by this kind of um, activities, such that the animals might not uh, approach the area anymore meaning that they might not be utilizing the habitat um, as much as they need to. They might also be looking for other homes, right, mm. to move away from the area. And um, in that situation, they might go onto roads and uh, they might run into people. Think about wild balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, in situations like this, um, there could be negative interactions. They could be hit by vehicles. They might leave their homes permanently and such that, you know, the area, the ecosystem might be affected in the long run. Sure. So it's not just about banded langers, but uh, other species of wildlife. Andy, is there, is there research or conclusive proof that it affects, for example, reproduction or it, it makes them, you know, meaner or more aggressive toward other species, including humans? When there's this kind of environmental stress uh, on them. Uh, you mean in... In Singapore or yeah, in, in Singapore. general? Yeah, well, I mean, just yeah, in general, I, I guess. I think, yeah. I think in Singapore, there might not be studies like this, but Dr. Sean can correct me if there are. Um, this kind of studies require a long period of time and investment hmm. and to look at different species of animals, which I think it's quite difficult to do. So... Yeah, I think common sense would say yes, right? The last thing you want to do is make babies if there were drills and everything else banging beside you. I don't think it helps the reproductive process. Are we talking about you? Or we... Well, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, if you want to talk about monkeys, let's talk about the monkeys. I thought you were just what, talking wait, about... Wait, what are we talking about here? I thought you were just talking about Singaporeans. <laughs> this is why a reproductive rate is through the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we drilling everywhere, drilling. So Singaporeans are your answer. Singaporeans don't make babies. Of course, Langers don't make babies. But we must clarify, uh, uh, Sean. We must. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Sean. Yeah, what were you saying? Taking an unexpected turn. Yes, he started it. He started it. He started the conversation it. went south very quickly. Yes, as I was about to say, we're not even talking about an actual station here. I think you mm. you see the cross island line. You just assume it's for part of the track or the station. We're talking about the work site. And the worksite is being yep. sifted uh, five times further than it originally was. It's now 150 metres from the tree canopy link over Island Club Road. And what pleases me, Sean, is the 
overriding positive feedback that I'm seeing on social media. Okay, yes, I follow the sites that you follow, Nature Society and so on. So there could be an element of singing to the choir. But generally speaking, I'm seeing a much more positive response to these kind of stories than I would have seen 20 years ago, when, frankly speaking, this wouldn't have even happened 20 years ago. They would have just put the work site wherever they wanted to, and that would have been the end of it. But thanks to wonderful work from you guys, the various vested interest groups, all sitting around tables discussing it with these guys. What do you think, Sean? Are we seeing a a nationwide mindset shift when it comes to our indigenous wildlife? I believe so, Neil. I mean, I I think, well, and let's give credit to LTA because they they went and saw, you know, sought ways to further reduce the impact at that work site. Not only did they move it, they made it smaller and they changed the very nature of the work that's going to take place there. So I think this is really great. And the reaction to it uh, by the general public and the nature community has been has been so encouraging. There are things we can improve. Maybe it never should have come to this where we depend on the say the benevolence of a single government agency to to do, you know, to try to make both the transport as well as the minimize the impact to nature happen. If it was a different agency with a different outlook, could we have had a a different result? We could well have. And the other thing is around the the landscape, we're, we're shift focusing our attention so much on this work site you know there's a major renovation project on the on the adjoining island country club and that project wasn't really integrated it's not their business anyway but it was it could have been integrated and and maybe planned together with this uh, cross island line to to have a better overall kind of Mm, impact mm. so is that another example sean of of uh, I was going to say competing, but different agencies maybe not working together when they are literally geographically side by side. And if they'd have got around the table together, they could have taken a more holistic approach to this. Yes, this is a, a big step, but we have a ways to go. And I guess, I mean, you do have to walk before you can run. But I, I am very encouraged and very much as you said, a glass half full kind of a, a take on this. Hmm. We're talking with Dr. Sean Loman, the senior lecturer at NTU Asian School of the Environment. Also, Dr. Andy Ang, a research scientist, chairperson of the Raffles Banded Langer Working Group. And Sean, maybe uh, are, are there other areas around town, or Andy, uh, if you know of them as well, similar areas where you are in touch with the government or somebody's in touch with the government uh, or other contractors to say, hey, can we move this site? Can we shift this area? We, we've talked about so many big uh, sites around Singapore that we're trying to save in terms of the environment. But are there active conversations about moving or diminishing or changing the current construction sites to protect species, to give them more breathing room? Uh, I'll pose, I'm not sure which one of you has something to say, but Sean, perhaps, yeah, maybe you can take it. Yes, and I think Andy can follow up. I mean, one is, of course, yes, there are conversations about ongoing and and future projects, you know, such as the uh, Tenga... Uh, Forest Town, um, the area that, you know, that that is to be the Clementi, Dover, um, you know, all those yeah, the Dover issues Forest, that have come up that. in the past few yep. weeks. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the next challenge really would be to how do we have a more kind of an integrated view where we look at the entire Singapore landscape and see how do we optimize where those green spaces go so that rather than kind of taking a piecemeal approach project by project. Now we really think long-term. I mean, Singapore is really great for planning and maybe we can extend that to sort of conservation as well. But I guess even maybe Andy 
can tell us more about the languor. They, they need more space, basically. More space means more robust populations. And how do we then extend their habitat? Is, is, that, is that right, uh, uh, Andy? Uh, yeah, so uh, I agree that, you know, we need to look at um, the habitats that we have left in Singapore. So it's not just focusing on one or two forests in isolated, you know, situations, but really in general, the whole of Singapore. And also connectivity. So how do animals move from one place to another without coming into close contact with people? Um, so I think that's one, connectivity. And how do we encourage more citizen participation? I think with the Dover and the Clementi case, um, it was quite special, at least to me, uh, that we had a lot more voices from the residents mm. who are very concerned about the forest that they see for one or two decades living in the area. And so they have more vested interest in wanting to see what happened to it. Whereas for other areas, it seems like, um, you know, maybe it's the nature community that it's trying to um, fight for protection or at least the best outcomes of the situation. But if we can actually get more participation from citizens and other stakeholders early on in the engagement process, mm -hmm. I think that will be most ideal. Mm. Well, you're actually echoing something that the National Development Minister, Desmond Lee, said himself last month. He actually said, and he's very pro-environment, Desmond Lee. I mean, I've been to events. I know you guys have as well. He's genuinely interested in the biodiversity. You can tell, you can tell when someone's faking it and when someone is sincere. Mm. And, and, and Desmond genuinely has an interest in biodiversity. And he has said he wants members of the nature community like yourselves, to be invited to be a part of future discussions about the island-wide ecosystem, about future development, and so on and so on. But I'm trying to picture that in my mind, guys. So, yes, you guys are all sitting around the table. You're with Desmond Lee and his colleagues. But I'm also thinking at that same table, you're going to have condo developers. You're going to have building uh, developers. And I just wonder how those conversations go, because I'm still guessing, Singapore being Singapore, the condos will still get built. <laughs> the, the hubs, the integrated hubs, call them what you will, will still get built, Sean. So, again, I'm trying to stay half full, but how much of an impact can mm. the likes of yourselves, ourselves, citizens, how much of yeah. an impact can we realistically have? Mm. Uh, I think we we, ha we can and we must uh, try to make have a bigger impact and a bigger stake in, in all of these issues. And you're right, Neil. I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll need commercial development. People need homes. And I don't think anyone in the nature and nature community contests that. I mean, mm. we're, we're, we live here, too. But can we do it in a way that allows us to to keep enough green spaces, not just to have sort of nature kind of clinging by its, you know, by its last, you know, grip on on survival but rather thriving nature i, I think th and and we can do it i mean but we this means it kind of like the football uh interviewee with mr yazin earlier if it's just the sports the athletes who care then this program's not going to go anywhere you you need the support of the public to say this is our heritage we're proud of it this makes us singaporean and because of this let's work together to have a better outcome for all of us a, a mm. singapore with nature is a better singapore mm. and then i think we can get this coexistence and and maybe win-win in every situation it's not going to be possible but i think we can have much better outcomes and if we change the way we sort of view what we think are our needs or our 
you know, needs versus wants, I think we're going to find that we can have everything we need and more, and nature can too. Andy, uh, I'm not nearly as in, you know involved in in the day to day like like you are with the different uh, jobs that you have, and I think all of us who want a better environment around us. We want to see more green space. We want to see the animals protected. Are, are you sensing over the past, let's say, six months or so or nine months, have you seen a change in the tone of the conversation between environmentalists, environmental groups, and government and developers? It's, it seems to me there is a shift that's happening. Is that just wishful thinking on my part or is that actually happening? Actually, I think I sense more of a shift in attitudes toward green spaces mm. in citizens and, you know, not the agencies, not the nature groups, but people who are getting out to nature areas, the nature parks to exercise, to breathe in the fresh air, you know, after the lockdown with COVID. And, and so it's very encouraging to see that they, they see going into green spaces as a way to relieve stress mm. and um, you know, to get more support mentally, emotionally, psychologically. And so mm. I guess that also in a way help in the sense that they value going to nature places than yeah. to shopping malls yeah. <laughs> in situations like this. And so um, I think it's great that we are seeing more participation or comments and voices from the residents and people of Singapore. And Andy, I think it's important to stress because I'm one of the very few people in Singapore lucky enough to see Langers. I saw them with you and I was very grateful to see them. I mean, just tell Singaporeans about their fellow Singaporeans, you know, the Langers, what's special about them? Why should we save them? Um, I think Sean mentioned uh, earlier as well that it is part of our natural, I would say, national natural heritage because it's a species first of all, was described from Singapore uh, mm. nearly 200 years ago. You know, I mean, Glenn, it was noted it, by Sir cool. Stanford Raffles. Yeah. 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 And um, besides Singapore, it's only found in a small area in Malaysia. We're talking about a global population size of fewer than 300. So if it's gone, it's really gone. It can't be found anywhere else. And um, I would say that, you know, I mean, in Singapore, we have three species of non-human primates. So, you know, the long-term macaques, and we also have the mm. slow loris mm. and then the raffles banded langers. So they all contribute just like other wildlife to the health of the ecosystem. And in a way, they are integral, I mean, to our ecosystem. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these are some of the ways. I mean, I think they're very cute. but They I, are very cute. That, that should be a reason <laughs> so, to save any animal, but they are very cute. <laughs> <laughs> very special. Uh, all right. We're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. But thank you for, uh, both for uh, kind of getting us up to speed on uh, what's going on with, uh, with the most recent developments and certainly a conversation that we want to continue having often. Uh, we appreciate both of you being on with us, Dr. Andy Ang and Dr. Sean Lum. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Thank you Neil. Yeah, Thank always you, a Andy. pleasure. Have a great weekend. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.